All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon, it's Jacinta Burton with your Monday afternoon headlines. Economist Dambisa Moyo has delivered a sobering keynote address to the Diggers and Dealers Mining Forum today in Kalgoorlie, foreshadowing a period of low and slow global economic growth. Dr Moyo addressed a cohort of mining executives from established operators to aspiring producers, brokers, investors and service suppliers, outlining her outlook for the global economy over the next decade. Broadly, Dr Moyo pointed to a slowdown in the global economy, which she said had been brewing long before the pandemic began more than two years ago. She attributed it to multiple factors, including technology's potential impact on unskilled workers, population growth, social mobility deterioration, natural resource scarcity, environmental concerns and high global debt levels. She also forecast a period of deglobalisation that had started to unwind already, both economically and geopolitically, and said anticipated inflationary pressures were likely to remain present in the longer term. And in property news, Perth's home values lifted by 0.2% in the month of July to $560,000 as the state continues to buck national property price trends and surpass its record median house price. Perth hit a median home value record of more than $552,000 in May, following close to eight years of decline and recovery, as national values begun sliding downwards. The city's run of climbing values continued in the month of July, when national property prices fell for the third consecutive month by 1.3%. CoreLogic's most recent home value index showed Perth, Adelaide and Darwin were the only cities to show an increase in property values last month, with the latter two cities showing 0.4% and 0.5% increases. Home values dropped in Sydney, Melbourne, Hobart and Brisbane. And state-owned utility Synergy has taken another step towards bringing its 150-megawatt Wheatbelt wind farm plan to fruition, lodging the plan with the state's environmental watchdog. The company's renewable development arm is seeking approval to clear four hectares of native vegetation to make way for 30 wind turbines, electrical substations and switchyards. The proposal includes electricity transformers, underground cabling, access roads, crane hard stands, a site office and workshop and will be connected to Western Power's existing network. The King Rocks wind farm is earmarked for two freehold lots spanning more than 3,000 hectares, located predominantly on cleared farmland and adjacent road reserves about 35 kilometres northeast of Hyden. Construction of the project is expected to take about two years and provide up to 150 jobs. The state's Environmental Protection Authority has released the plans for a seven-day public comment period after to which time it's expected to decide what, if any, level of environmental assessment is warranted. It's not yet clear how much the proposal is likely to cost. And coming up next, political editor Gary Adset explains why he wrote about a new K-Start program and why he thinks it goes against the loan agency's founding principles. We understand that business relies on being informed. That's why Business News is your most reliable source of news, industry insights and business connections. To stay fully informed, we encourage you to subscribe to our emails, flick through our magazine and visit businessnews.com.au for daily news updates. It's the best way to ensure you have the information you need to be future ready. Business News. More news, 
More insights, more connections. If you earn $180,000 per annum, you generally wouldn't be thought of as a lower or middle income earner. But then under a new loan program as part of KSTART, individuals earning up to that amount may now qualify for government-assisted loans to move closer to Perth or a train station. Political editor Gary Edsed is none too pleased with the thought process behind this, and he joins me in the studio today. Gary, thanks for being here. Pleasure. Your columns always dredge up some curiosities in public policy, and though I don't necessarily agree with your conclusions, your articles do raise a central issue, and in this case, it's that this is more akin to middle-class welfare than it is traditional labour politics. Well, it's absolutely more akin to that. Uh, So if you earn $180,000, you are in the top 5% of earners in the country. So you just tell me why you should receive government assistance to get into a two-bedroom apartment, because that's what this policy is. It's not about putting you into a five-bedroom house. It's about putting you into a two-bedroom apartment in areas near metro net stations or other urban areas, not not in a city. I mean, you can go out to near the airport if you want and find a two-bedroom apartment, but you tell me where Keystart was ever established to help the top 5% of earners in the country get a leg up into housing at a time of housing affordability crisis and at a time of rental market that's out of control. You just tell me where on earth this thought bubble came from that they've now enacted as policy. I was going to ask you if you think this at all conflicts with Keystart's founding principles. It sounds as if you very much think that that's the case. Totally in conflict with what Keystart's all about. I'll quote, this is when they started in 1989, It was set up to help Western Australians buy a home when they are unable to secure financing from the private sector. Do you reckon that someone who's on $180,000 can't go and have a chat to a bank about getting a loan to get into a, I keep saying it, a two-bedroom apartment, two or more, okay? It is bizarre, this policy. It goes against anything that Labor should even be standing for, that they would think that they need to give help to people who are in the top 5% income earners in the country. I don't know where it's come from. I don't know what it's all about, whether or not Keystart really needs some uh, well-credentialed and well-financed people to be able to sort of get on the books. I just don't get it because I know for a fact that if you are earning $180,000, it would be no problem for you to be able to secure the loan to get an apartment somewhere close to the CBD of Perth. There are hundreds of apartments that fit the mould. Talk me through the particulars here, because it seems that if, say, me and my partner were to apply for this program, we could potentially afford to live in a two-by-one apartment, as you keep reminding us, in West Leaderville. Oh, yeah, you could. Uh, I can tell you now, there's an apartment at a beautiful complex called Motive, right on the on the rail line, uh, Railway Parade, uh, which is about 1.1 kilometres from the central business district. Uh, you can buy that for about 520 thousand dollars under this arrangement you can loan uh, you can buy a property up to the value of five hundred and fifty thousand and there are other mechanisms obviously that will make it better and easier for you that's why that's why they're promoting it this is key start the the government's uh, loan facility to try and encourage people who couldn't normally afford a property to get into the housing market and get off the rental cycle that's what it's about Suddenly they come up with a policy that if you get up to 180 grand, we'll give you help. I don't, I don't get it. And the terms of the loan, how much would someone like me repay and what other programs could I qualify for in conjunction with yeah, a Keystart loan? Well, so you obviously, the starting point is that uh, you only have to get together a deposit of up to 2%. 
which is obviously a, a lot smaller than if you were going to a bank. So that's one easy part if you're earning 180 grand, let's say, uh, that you only need to get that much of a deposit together. Uh, the actual loan, uh, the interest rate r- repayments are, are not staggeringly great. Uh, they are an average of the big four. So you're looking at, a, at the moment, about 5.26%. Um, so that's not, that's not the issue. It's, it's just the, the notion that the government thinks it needs to help people who don't need help. And I'm not, I'm not against people that are earning 180 grand. Good luck to them. Good on them. But they know, they know that they don't need government assistance. I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. They know it themselves. They don't know to suddenly be able to go and, and take advantage of this as opposed to uh, making it available to more people at a lesser threshold. Well, the opposition says this misses the mark. The minister says it's about the bigger picture. No doubt housing affordability is one of this country's biggest public policy problems, but I think many would share your concerns about the terms that are set out here. To read more, pick up the latest edition and flick to the back pages or jump online and head to businessnews.com.au. Gary, always appreciate your time. Good on The you. latest business news, delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.